Now on the show it is time for our legal advice slot and we are joined by Avril Collentine from Cahar and Co Solicitors. Good morning to you Avril. Good morning Alan. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. We're going to chat about management companies, uh, property management companies and ever all the issues and information that people need to know are, are around that. Um, I suppose, first of all, what is a management company and, and what exactly is the purpose of a management yeah. company? So we decided to talk about owners' management companies today and how they can affect property owners um, and the different rights and obligations you have when you buy an apartment or a duplex and you're, you're bound to become a member of one of these companies. So first and foremost, one of the reasons I, this was brought to our attention or it's a relevant topic at the moment, the Minister for Housing has recently announced now that he's received the government approval to draft the legislation to support the remediation of apartments and duplexes. So I suppose it's a bit like the Pyrite and Mica scenario. You have a lot of defective apartments which were built in Ireland um, over the years and so now the government have, and it's welcome development I'm sure for anyone in that situation, that they've announced this remediation project. So that will uh, give funding to the owner management companies um, and they can deal with maybe the fire safety, the structural issues that have arisen and I think there's somewhere in the region of between sixty and 100,000 apartments affected Alan by that so it'll be a welcome development to them. So their owner's management company then is what manages the common areas in these multi-unit developments and so multi-unit development could be made up of apartment blocks and I said duplexes or there might be some houses that share common facilities and so they have to have an owner's management company under legislation to deal with and regulate the common areas in that development. Okay, th- how how is a management company regulated and I presume it's fairly uh, strictly regulated? Yeah, so this legislation was uh, the Multi-Unit Development Act of 2011 is the act that was uh, establishes what the management companies can and can't do. I suppose it regulates the ownership and the management, as I said, of the common areas and so it provides that before a developer sells any units, the OMC or the owner's management company must be set up and in, th- in time then the common areas of the development must be transferred. The ownership of them must be transferred to the company so that the development then uh, a multi-unit development can be is anything of at least five residential units that share the facilities the amenities and services and sometimes they're known as managed estates. Who then exactly can actually be a member of a property management company? Okay, so once you buy into the apartment or you buy in the complex, you become an o- you're entitled to be a membership of the management company and generally entitled to one vote in the company. So as I say, you buy into the development, you buy your apartment, you must become a member of the management company. There's usually a covenant in the deed when you buy and that it's, that says you must become a member of the company and then you're bound by the the rights and the obligations and you must pay your service charges and you must act in accordance with the company structures obviously and the house rules. Okay, so is there a difference between being a member and being a director of, of a management company and if so, Avril, what, what, what is that difference? How big is it? Yeah, so as I said, once you buy a property, you become a, you become a member of the OMC. However, generally, the directors would be appointed or would have been elected by the at the member at the, by the wider membership of the company, usually at the AGM. And the director might serve for something like three years, um, and their obligations and their duties are far greater, obviously, than just being a member. I mean, if you're a member of the company, you're going to adhere to the house rules and you're going to pay your service charges, but the directors have to act in accordance with the law. They have to act in good faith and best interests of the company. It's really their responsibility to ensure that the conduct of the company's affairs and act in accordance with the company's constitution and are bound by company law. So they, what, how well the directors operate and 
how well the directors carry out their duties will impact on the greater um, membership and the operation of the management company. So really they're in this, the company will be in the stewardship of them and they will ensure the success and that will have an impact for everybody, the value of the apartments and the houses. And so as a director then they would have to deal with, they'd have to know about the key title documents, the house rules and they'd be making decisions and hosting uh, productive board meetings and making decisions in a timely manner and having discussions, ensuring then that everything is in place to make sure it runs in a smooth way. And so that it's for the benefit of everybody if it works well and that the financial um, accounts are kept up to date and it's in a good, healthy position, it'll make sure that. So the directors have very far reaching obligations. Yeah, you've mentioned some of their duties that would be in their in-tray there. Is that pretty much the, the run of what a director of a property management company would have to do? Or is it is it a fairly extensive list of duties from the major to the menial? And that's just what I've tipped, you know, I've just done a whistle stop through it. But again, each management company will have its own structure. But generally speaking, you'd be elected in an AGM, you take on the role for three years. And obviously working together with your other directors, you'd work for the beneficial interest of the overall development and to make sure it's a success for everybody. So if you were a director, of a company today and you know that the scheme has been announced by the government and you have fire issues or safety issues in that apartment block, you know, as a director you should be inquiring into that and seeing how can that um, benefit your development or how you're going to go about that and you'd, if there was any issues like fire safety or water ingress, all of those things, you'd have to be taking them very seriously, notifying them to the insurance company and all of that and how best to remedy it for the overall impact uh, for the community of the owners. How then, Avril, is a service charge agreed? So under the legislation, that Multi-Unit Development Act, it stipulates that every member must pay a service charge. So when you buy into a development, the solicitor as part of the conveyancing process would look into all the key title documents and we would establish or we'd look at the financial accounts and see what the annual service charge is that's going to be levied on you as a property owner. Uh, But you are obligated to pay that. Uh, It's treated as a, a simple contract debt before the ordinary court, so there's no obstacles. You can't allow those to run up indefinitely. If you've bought into the development, you are bound by service charges. And the service charges cover the insurance of the block, the general maintenance, repairs, maybe waste management, uh, the gardening and landscaping, if there's security, key fobs, all of that kind of thing. And ultimately then the accounts preparation and the legal services that the company would need on a year to year basis. So you must pay your service charge. It would be agreed then at the annual AGM, the directors would look at it. I suppose it's, you know, it's an accounting exercise. They look at all what can be generated as income and all the expenditures that have to be met out of that. So it's it, it would be agreed at the AGM every year and it could be... Could increase, you know, as every, like everything with cost of living, it's probably going to only go up. Yeah, they only ever seem to go in one direction. Yeah. That's northwards. Uh, what what is a sinking fund, Avril? And does every property management company have to hold? Yes, so all multi-unit developments have a sinking fund so it's separate to the service charges that we've discussed and it's really like a savings fund I suppose they have to keep it separate to uh, the service charge uh, you pay that every year and you must establish that and it's for it's for um, items of a non-reoccurring nature I suppose longer term projects capital projects maybe if the lifts are going to need replacing in, in time or something major like that so it would be kept in a separate bank account uh, and so it's not spent inappropriately and you are bound to pay that every year and into the sinking fund and they must maintain a level in that. House rules, what are they and how important are they? 
Yep, so every management company at the outset would be one of the key documents you get when you're buying or your solicitor would get is the house rules and they just uh, make sure that they're fair and consistent and they apply to all the apartments or the duplexes in the development and I suppose even if you're a landlord and you're leasing out your apartment it's you're important to know that you uh, that your tenants are aware of the house rules and so that everybody it's for the better development I suppose or the uh, running of the uh, the estate if you like so it would be something maybe could be something as simple as no pets no dogs it could be no washing hanging over the balconies no satellite dishes no, no, no uh, loud noise after 11pm at night not allowing strangers into the building you'd see where sometimes people would just buzz them in it's all of that so it's all the house rules that would be just to make sure that it runs smoothly and it's a, a good apartment block Does a developer have to transfer common areas to a management company? Yeah, so the Act, as I said, does require the developers to transfer the ownership of the common areas to the management company, usually within, uh, it was within six months of the enactment of the Act. So I think that was September 2011. Um, and in future, then, new developments before any sales occur. So they should all be transferred for existing, and partial, uh, for existing partially and substantially sold developments. Where development is unfinished, the transfer does not relieve the developer of his obligations. Um, but on a practical basis, I suppose, when we're buying part, uh, apartments for people, you might... Uh, when you're examining the key title documents you might see that this hasn't actually happened um, but look there's no sanction on a developer if they haven't done it but it's something usually that they intend to do or they're getting their solicitors to do but it's preferable it's done as soon as possible. And what can you do if a management company is not carrying out its job properly? Is there uh, action you can take? Yeah, so assuming that you're an owner in the development and you're not happy with how it's been run or you feel it's very, you're paying your service charge and you're not seeing the bins being emptied or the works, you know, the areas aren't being maintained to a nice standard or you're not happy with it. So I suppose first and foremost, some of these developments would have a property management agent who's hired by the management company to provide services. And so you could contact them first and foremost. Uh, Dispute resolution, obviously, you can go to the circuit court there, the ultimate court for jurisdiction in terms of management companies, but they will encourage mediation as well as as a means of dispute resolution. So first and foremost, try and mediate it rather than litigate before you go to the circuit court because that's going to incur costs. But I think you try and talk to maybe the property management agent, go to the AGM, be active in the development, active in your uh, ownership of your um, apartment in the common areas. Go and be seen and be vocal. Make points at the AGM. And, you know, if a uh, worst case scenario, then you're looking at the circuit court jurisdiction. OK, brilliant stuff. We have to leave it there. But uh, Avril, thanks so much for taking us through all of that. Thanks, uh, that's Avril, Avril Collentine from Cahar & Co Solicitors. If you have, have any legal-related questions for Avril or indeed William and Sharon Cahar when they're in for the legal advice lot, do send them in to us on text or WhatsApp 086 1800 